Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. 400 metres left to run, third quarter, 29.1. Rise above all, looms up on the outside of He's a Galvanator, takes a slender lead. My Elderman Jacko breathing right down his neck in third. Dawson about to feed him racetrack, then Potter, Kabang deeper. They're into the home straight. Rise above all shows the way. My Alderman Jacko giving chase. Rise above all and My Alderman Jacko, the two favourites come away. Rise above all, My Alderman Jacko. Rise above all, My Alderman Jacko. My Alderman Jacko, right on the line. My Alderman Jacko, rise above all. Third over the line. That was line. a terrific spectacle at Albion Park on Tuesday. Two very promising youngsters going head to head. They dominated the market. They dominated the race and Chris, a big margin to third. Not that that second horse went enormous. Trained by Shannon Price, rise above all. But they're both very good there. Good morning. Yeah, Steve, again, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, they dominated that race and they look set to dominate the final on Saturday night as well. This time, my ultimate Jacko gets the better draw in that race that we just heard there. He had gate seven. He'll start from the inside draw there on Saturday night and rise above all will start out in gate five. So... It's going to be a, uh, another tough tussle again. There's no doubt about it. But my Alderman Jacko will start the favourite, given the fact that he beat Rise above all, and also, and more importantly, the fact that he draws that inside gate. They are clearly the top two. The other horse that's probably in the mix, but very green, is Kabang. He's got all the ability in the world. He's a full brother to Small T. He's the very talented performer in Sydney. But he's very green and still learning. But they look to be the main three. But my ultimate Jacko is going to be the horse to beat. And Jared Elchin is set to play a really strong hand across the weekend because he's got my ultimate Jacko starting there on Saturday night in Brisbane. And he's also got a number of runners starting in the APG finals on, on Saturday night also in Sydney. So he's going to play a really strong hand. But uh, we're set for some good racing. It's a 12-race program on Saturday night. We'll talk to the boys, uh, Ryan and Darren, tomorrow to get their early thoughts. But it looks like it's going to be a great night mm. of racing. Again, in that free-for-all, race one looks very open. What's going to win it this week? Well, it's a good question. LL Cool J comes up with a good draw on Saturday night. He'll start from three, but can he hold up? because he's got speed to his inside with Tommy Lincoln, and Deus Ex, who's just brilliant off the arm, draws out in six, so he might be able to build strong momentum as they're scoring up behind the game. He might be able to just slingshot over and, and cross them all. So I'm not sure, Steve, and again, we'll talk with Ryan and Darren tomorrow to get their thoughts, but it just looks really open. Crunch time comes in the mix on Saturday night as well, but he's got to overcome gate 10, so he's a good horse, but it's a bad draw, so... That's not going to be easy, and it would be very interesting to see how they price that race there on Saturday night, the open class race. Mm, Gemma Ewitt's our first guest. Chris on mobile rolling. Gemma, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Uh, you're set to play a strong hand on Saturday night with a number of runners, and we are just talking about that two-year-old Colts and Geldings final. Kabang is your horse. He's got all the ability in the world, but he's still very green. The most obvious question I want to ask you, are you winning the battle with him? I think we are slowly, Chris. Um, you know, uh, he played up last Tuesday in his heat and um, he got stood down a trial. So I took him in and trialled him Friday and he went really well and done things right. And I even trialled him again Tuesday. Um, I just felt he'd benefit from it again. So, um, yeah, we've had two small wins in the trials and I think we're slowly winning the battle with him. 
Okay, but the ability is there. There's no question about that. No, that yeah, yeah, no question about his ability. Uh, he's definitely got um, a lot of speed, and that, uh, as I said, is just a matter of getting his manners sorted. But he's a really, really big, sort of immature two-year-old at this stage too. So, I think after this run in the APG, we'll look to give him a break, and I'm looking forward to that and bringing him in after he he has, you know, probably a good three or four months spell and matures. But I think he'll be a really nice three-year-old. Yeah, okay. Now, being being a big guy as a two-year-old, uh, he looks like he covers plenty of ground. Does he have a really big stride on him? He does have a really big stride, Chris, yeah, but um, just got him a little bit tighter in the hobbles at the minute than, than what I'd like him, just while we're trying to sort a few things out. But, yeah, as I said, I think next year he'll be a really nice horse. Gate two on Saturday night, uh, is that what you were hoping for? What were you sort of, uh, you know looking to, to, to achieve with the, the barrier draw? Yeah, we were definitely hoping for a front row draw, so um, it didn't really matter whereabouts. But, yeah, two seems to be a pretty good draw for him, yeah. Okay, so you're squeezed in between, uh, in between the two favourites, my Alderman Jacko and Rise Above All. Yeah, it's um, a little bit tough with that one drawn to our inside, but as you said, as long as our horse behaves and... Um, and that, I think he's got the ability to, to definitely earn money on Saturday night. He is a full brother to small tees. He is, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that's Kabang. We'll go to the three-year-old Colson Gelding's final, Amami. It's probably the draw you didn't want, gate seven for him. How's he going right now? He's going okay, Chris. Um, yeah, sort of his first two runs back from the spell, he was on the OD and... Um, yeah, I've got him off the OD, and then he start after that. He sort of got taken out by a galloper, and then last week he just sort of um, went back in the race, and it was really hard to get into it, but I was really happy with how he went. But, um, yeah, just sort of an awkward draw again on Saturday night. It makes it pretty tough. Yeah, it, it looks like it could set up similar to last week where Tim's a trooper is likely to roll to the front here and, you know, really turn it on over the last 800 metres. Yeah, and that's, you know, obviously very similar to what happened last week. I think you'll obviously get the lead again pretty easy this week. And as you said, you know, have it all his own way and just run a really nice last half, which makes it hard to get into the race. So you're looking at place money only? Um, Yeah, you know, if the barrier draws had been reversed, uh, you know, I think you would have been a nice hope of earning good money, but it, it is definitely going to be hard. But, you know, he's not without a hope of picking up a nice check. Okay. Speaking of the APG races, your dad's got Aurora Joy in race six. Are you in charge of Aurora Joy? Yeah, I am. Yeah, she's here in my stable. Yeah. Okay. She was terrific in the heat. Yeah, she was. She was probably a little bit underdone too, Chris. He was able to give her 10 days off after the Bathurst um, Gold Crown series. And, yeah, she probably only had about 10 days work then before she'd come up. So um, she definitely blew up a little bit after the run, but she pulled up well. And, yeah, she, everything's really well for her. Is that a good draw for her, gate four on Saturday night? Yeah, I don't think that draw will worry her. Um, she drew similar in a heat. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, she should be able to work to the front, hopefully, or even sit outside him again. But um, she's definitely got the ability to, to do either or. But, um, yeah, she's a pretty nice little filly. Okay. And she's trained on since that win? Yeah, yeah, she's trained on well. Yeah, she settled in really well and she's eaten and drank and um, nothing's worried her about the whole trip. She didn't have a lot of time to settle in before a heat run, but, um, yeah, no, she's really adapted well. Okay. She's not the biggest filly going around, though, is she? 
She's absolutely tiny. <laughs> I didn't realise um, how small she was when Dad was sort of explaining all of the small harness I'd need. And, um, yeah, I don't think she's really grown since I left Bathurst last year. <laughs> what size hopefully is she in? Oh, I think she's only in about a 56 or 7. Yeah, she's tiny. Okay. Comparing to Cabane, would he feel 60 or more? He would. I've got him in a 59 at the moment. But, um, yeah, he's a, he's got a really big stride on him. But he's just, yeah, he's up a little bit further than probably um, what I'd like him. But, yeah, it's, it's working. Okay. Uh, cashed up steps out in race number five. He goes around in the final. Uh, dead heated for second, first up last week. You would have been thrilled with the run last week. Yeah, I was. I think that was a pretty nice first run, you know, to sit one off the fence in 53 and... Um, you know, he had to do a bit of work early and then he, he had to come out and do a, a bit of work late. So I, I was actually really happy with that run first up. It's a strong race here on, on Saturday night. Being the final, you'd expect it to be strong, but you've got Adam Crocker who won last week, drawn gate one, what's up sunshine out in gate seven. So it's a strong race, but in saying that, it's going to generate good pressure. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a really nice race. Um for the grading and that that it was. But, yeah, it um, makes it a bit tough with that Adam Crocker drawn one. But, you know, as as you said, Ricky's nice ones out wide. So it'll be an interesting race. But, it's yeah, it's definitely a really nice high-class field. Has he trained on this week? Yeah, he has. He, he's done well. Um, I've sort of just galloped him once this week. It was a pretty tough run last week. so But I think that's all he needs. That tightened him up nicely. Mm-hmm. All right. Is everything gearing up towards the rising sun? Is that the, the obvious target with him this year? Yeah, that's obviously the target with him, Chris. He, he has to um, obviously come back in as good as form as what he did last year. And, it, you know, he's going to meet his mark coming back, you know, against horses like this straight up. But he, as I said, as, at two and three, he always took the step up when he needed to. So um, I can't see why he wouldn't do it as a four-year-old. He's filled out even nicer and grown a little bit more and... Yeah, the rising sun's definitely the target at this stage. If, if yeah, if we can get him there. Just looking back at last season, uh, you couldn't have asked for much more. Eighteen starts, five wins, eight minors. He banked close to a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in stakes. So uh, he was terrific last year. Yeah, he was, and you know it was really nice for him to end the season in um, winning a Group Two race at Breeders' Blue because he deserved a nice race. You know, he, he was in a lot of Group Ones and Group Twos, and. Um, yeah, it was just nice for him to get a nice race. But, yeah, he's definitely done an amazing job for me. Yeah. One thing that stands out with him, he's a good style of horse. I had a good look at him last Saturday night. and he, He's got that presence about him like a good horse. Yeah, he does. And, you know, he, he's quite big and quite long. And um, But he's just, he's really easy to train. He's really easy to get on with. Um, I get in chiropractic, you know, every three or four weeks and there's never a thing wrong with him. And he always says he's just got such good confirmation, you know, and he looks after himself really well. And, yeah, it's funny that um, he rarely, rarely needs any work done to him. Yeah. Well, it's a good sign. Hopefully he'll race well on Saturday night like he did first up last week. The other runner for you on Saturday night is Princess Danica. A mare that's got good ability, but she's obviously got a few little quirks. She's got a poor draw here on Saturday night, gate seven, but she's going well. She's actually going really well, Chris. It, it didn't really suit her when we had to race at Redcliffe for the five weeks. And um, when I got her back to Alvin, she's just really 
started racing well again and she often gets hampered by bad draws and um, her manners out of the gate can be a little bit tricky so it's sort of something um, I never push her out of the gate and she, it's hard for her to get a good position but you know two weeks ago or three weeks ago when she had a nice run and got a nice track into it she was able to go straight past them and she's racing really well but um, she actually just keeps getting hampered by really bad draws to be honest. She takes a long stride by the look of it too. Yeah, she's a beautiful horse to drive. She, I was actually just drove her in track work then and I was saying to Chloe, she just glides and she's actually a lot of fun to drive. Um, but, yeah, it's just sort of just getting the right run with her and I know that she'll be thereabouts. All right. Well, it's going to be a busy night for you on Saturday night, a busy night for the family because uh, your dad, Bernie, brother, Doug, they've got uh, their stars stepping out in their respective APG finals on Saturday night. Rip draws ideally. He'll start from gate two and Jewel Melody chasing another feature race win. She'll start from gate five. So hopefully everything's in order for the family this weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's, it'll be an exciting weekend for them in Sydney again. And um, I was talking to Dad yesterday and he said they're both training really well and he's really happy with where they're at. So, yeah, obviously I'll be cheering them on as well and hopefully we can have a repeat of the Bathurst night for them too. Yeah. Rip, is he likely to head north for the uh, the carnival? Yeah, he will, Chris. Yeah, I think Dad will have a pretty nice team to bring up this year. And, um, yeah, Rip's definitely one of the ones that will be heading up here. Okay, good times ahead, that's for sure and certain. Really appreciate the time this morning, Gemma. Best of luck on the weekend. I'm sure you won't be too far from the action. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for your time, Chris. There's Gemma Hewitt joining us, Steve. So a couple of key runners there, not only with her own stable, but she's looking after her father, Bernie's little filly, Aurora Joy. She's going to start the favourite in that two-year-old filly's final. So it's going to be a busy night on Saturday night with those stars in Sydney as well, Rip and Jewel Melody. A lot to look forward to. Absolutely. I'll be interested to get your thoughts after you speak to Maddie Young. Just on those big races in New Zealand tomorrow night, Alexandra Park, of course, Sunday Sun, up over the long trip after being beaten over the mile. It's really short and self-assured. Chris was outstanding, of course, last week. It's quite short. And the other race there, race seven with Tab fixed, about $1.35. But Matthew Young's, or Matty Young's with us now, Chris. Matty, good morning. Good morning, boys. Uh, what have we got to look forward to tomorrow night? Looks like it's another solid program there. Yeah, 10 races on the count tomorrow at Gloucester Park, uh, the running of the uh, Laurie Kennedy uh, Memorial, which is the race for roses for the fillies and mares. That's race six on the program, and it's a pretty open sort of race. Uh, yeah, so it it's creates a lot of interest, a standing start event, and we see a couple of horses in the race are having their first or second standing start running over the longer trip, which can also be a bit challenging for the fillies and mares, so that should be a very interesting race. Matt, what was your assessment of Texas Tigers' win last start? I see it's favourite race five. Yeah, look, his uh, performance was good. He was able to work to the top. He kept it pretty solid out in front. He wouldn't have wanted the race to go on much further. He looked uh, pretty tired at the line, but he has sort of had a pretty much an interrupted preparation. So I think the performance was good enough. Uh, tomorrow's race really stands to be the one-horse Sangway Real. What price is it, Steve? At the moment, at four twenty. Yeah, well that that horse creates a lot of interest because uh, he acts eleven one, one, rating one fifty five a couple of starts ago at this trip in this class. So, if he wants to hold out Texas Tiger, I think he can do, but he might have a headache at the end of the race. So, um, Texas Tiger can get a little bit keen. So, yeah, if uh, Texas Tiger could run to the top, I think he would just win. He steps back in distance and he's a little bit fitter. 
and he's a very good front runner. So um, yeah, the start very important in that race. Okay, I've got a list of horses that I want to get your opinion on, Matt. Uh, one that we know really well. Mighty Ronaldo had that trial yesterday morning in, in Sydney at Menangle. He's there for the APG final on Saturday week. Uh, how how good is Mighty Ronaldo for us over here on the Eastern Seaboard? He's very good because uh, I've mentioned on this show before, his versatility is something that's uh, really special. He can sit on any speed and let down powerfully like uh, the group ones that he has won, the Golden Slipper and the WA Derby. Both of those have been uh, the uh, slipper he came from last and wide and was too good. And the WA Derby, it was he went four fence and worked into the clear and it was a, a great drive by Justin Prentice. But he can also lead. I don't think the breeze is his best spot and I'm, I'm sure around a track like Menangle, they wouldn't want him to be there. But he just looks like a horse that's got so much high speed. He's a clean-gated, beautiful pacer, uh, nice size. He's just He ticks all the boxes, and uh, I think uh, after seeing his trial yesterday, he looked like he did that really well, and that just lines him up beautifully for that feature race. Yeah, it certainly does. He's a, a special talent. There's no doubt about it. The other three horses I want to ask about, they're all engaged tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. And they all hail from the same stable. Talking about Team Bond, Greg and Sky Bond with a number of talented types. The first one I want to ask about is Ideal Agent. He goes around in race number nine. Uh, how do you rate Ideal Agent? He's a very good horse. Uh, he won, it was effortless style winning over the 2,900 in that race, the Easter Cup on Good Friday. And he just did it so well. He has beaten Doc Holliday uh, this preparation, and I think he can do it again. I think with the small field, he should be up outside the lead. I think it'll be a pretty hotly contested race. But uh, what we've seen of Ideal Agent, there's just been times where it doesn't look like it's his race, and he makes it his race. So they're the, they're the signs of a good horse, and he looks uh, really hard to beat again. And I think he'll be winning bigger races, and... To me, he looks like he's got the capabilities of making it to be a cup source. Okay, because I wanted to ask that uh, because he's so versatile. Stands, mobiles, short distance, long distance. He's done it all so far. And I was going to ask, in the next 6 to 12 months, could he develop to be potentially the best horse in their stable? Yeah, he's got the, he's got the capabilities, I think. Um, it's just whether he can take that step up. Uh, versatility-wise, we know he can run the times. It's just whether he can be able to uh, absorb the pressure or be able to create the pressure at the highest level and stick on. But at this stage, uh, what we saw last prep uh, through the Knights of Thunder series and then what we've seen so far this prep, uh, he's he's a pretty nice horse and he's going to be up there with one of their better ones in the stable going forward. Okay. The other two horses I want to ask about, they're in the same race, race three. I'm a rockabilly rebel and don't bother me none. They both won last week. Is there a preference, one over the other, or who do you think is the better of the two? Don't bother me none is about 10 lengths better horse than I'm a rockabilly rebel, in my opinion. Um, I only just said the other day, I think I'm a rockabilly rebel is one of the luckiest horses uh, that's been going around. Last week, the race was run to suit. He has improved a heap this preparation, but I felt like he's had a lot of luck on his side to be able to win the races he has. Uh, his win two starts ago was very strong. Uh, that was a really good run, so I can't take anything away from him in that. But 
it's no detriment to him to say that he's not as good as Don't Bother Me None because Don't Bother Me None is, he's in ideal agent category at his best, in my opinion. He's he's so good, but he just doesn't seem to be able to go to that level every week. He does what he has to do, and but his best is so good. Um, yeah, I think it was interesting. Ryan Warwick did an interview last week with Tim Walker in the parade ring, and he said he feels like the horse is just working at 80%. And he was able to sit parked and win that race last week. And I 100% agree with him. I think he's spot on there. The horse, at his absolute best, uh, is by far and away one of the better horses you'll see on a Friday night. And he can go on to do some good things. But he can do things wrong. He just looks a little bit lacklustre at times. But, yeah, he, he's definitely the better of the two there. Okay. They've both won three of their last four, so uh, they're both promising times, no doubt about it. Where do we find your best bet at this meeting tomorrow night? Yeah, I was sort of tossing up between uh, what the best bet should be. I think uh, race six, uh, race five, I should say, number 10, Valentine's Brook looks a really good place chance. Steve's got the prices there still, hopefully. Are there any place prices available, Steve? I'll just grab them back up on stream. That'll be with you in a moment. Okay, race five, number 10 anyway, Valentine's Brook. He's a horse that hasn't had a great deal of luck and uh, he sits on speed really well. I think uh, he can get a really nice run throughout in this race and working off the pegs late, I think he can charge into a place. So uh, hopefully Steve's got the price up now. Oh, it says here around the $14, $15 mark at this stage. What price of place? Um, was it four fifty? Four fifty a place. Mm. Something About like that. About the 10 Mm. Well, that's about to disappear pretty quickly. Okay. So I'll see you boys later. I'm about to log in. And <laughs> I thought, well, that's my best then. That, that 100%, that's my best place. But uh, I think race five, number 10, Valentine's Brook should be even money a place. Um, what? It's going to be leaders back, three fans, loves the peg, should get into the clear late and should be able to run a drum. All right. What was the other one that you were looking at just for our listeners? So they can have both. Oh, they can have them all. Um, <laughs> I like race 10, but this is when everyone will be asleep. Uh, race 10, number two, Thorium Energy, I thought would get a really good run. His time, or uh, her times, I should say, have been really good. I think she'll be leaders back or might even challenge for the front. This looks a good race. Flame Tree, I think, has... She's won uh, her last few, but... She seems to have bottomed out around about that 158 and a half mark and can't really go much quicker than that. So Thorium Energy's uh, defeat second up was in 157. I think this horse, nice-sized type, should be just in behind them and just on the basis of times, I think Thorium Energy can win. So race 10, number two, was my other best on the program. But uh, the 450 a place, about race five, number 10, Valentine's Brook is a very good price. Mm. I think All I may, right, have, we'll take... may have misread the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. And I hope no one's listening. Is this on delay? <laughs> no, <laughs> unfortunately not. <laughs> oh, well. we'll take the tip. Race five, number 10, Valentine's Brook for place. Maybe even a uh, small one-by-three bet type there with uh, Valentine's Brook. Hey, Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll chat again next week. Cheers, boys. There's Matty Young from the West. Uh, he's, we know what he's off to do, Steve. No, no yeah. question about no, it. I don't think he's uh, going we to get those hoping... odds, Chris. But anyway, worth watching it. It's each way. Odds 5-10, Valentine's Brook at this stage.
And, yeah, uh, we were hoping to catch up with a few others, but yep. uh, their their phone is now not working. So um, anyway, I do have other news to pass on. Uh, Talia McMullen may be a chance of returning this weekend, or I think it's Monday, in fact, on the Labor Day holiday. Of course, she had that fall here at Redcliffe. Uh, she's been out of action since, but there's a chance that she could return to race driving on Monday at Marburg. So fingers crossed there. Only last week she celebrated her 21st birthday. So uh, here's hoping that we will see Talia back in uh, in action sooner rather than later. Uh, just a few other bits of news. JOK, who disappointed in that Wagga feature last start, he's now gone to the paddock. They were considering a Queensland trip along with his stablemate Zeus Bromack. Zeus Bromack remains on target for Queensland. He's probably about two weeks away from a trial, but JOK, you can put the pin through him. He won't be coming. He's gone to the paddock. Lock and Varad, a horse that you're very fond of, Steve. Uh, he's still in the paddock. He just had a little bit of a setback. He, he, he just uh, hurt himself. Uh, he cut his leg, in fact, and that required stitching. So in the big scheme of things, nothing too serious because uh, he was out anyway. Uh, so that just uh, required a little bit of uh, TLC. He's got that, but there's no urgency to bring him back. They're looking at giving him a really long, slow build-up, and they're looking towards the Victoria Cup uh, in October this year. So no cause for concern there, but just a little bit of a mishap there with Lock and Varad. Amor Vita, uh, a very good filly prepared by Nathan Purden in Victoria. She's probably about two weeks away, two and a half weeks away from a trial. She's getting set for the Queensland winter campaign. Uh, the Queensland Oaks is obviously going to be the big target for her. So she's getting very close to a return, uh, that filly. And he's Charlie's Angels, is a very smart three-year-old colt in Victoria. He created quite a big impression last year. Yet to step out as a three-year-old, he's another one probably less than a month away from a trial. And at this stage, the Queensland Winter Carnival is definitely on the program for him. And I haven't got any further news to bring you, Re Antonia. As I said the other day, she was off to the, the university. I think they were doing those scintigraphy tests just to find out where the issue was. She was suffering from some lameness issues. So that's why she didn't go around in the APG series. So hopefully we'll get some uh, more news today from trainer David Thorne. Jasper, who starts on Saturday night at Albion Park, she's likely to go to Melbourne next week, as I mentioned earlier. So she'll be up against ladies in red and co. But I know Greg Mitchell, the owner, is keen to give her a shot at that uh, big prize money on offer down there. And as far as the other APG heat was concerned from last night, the entires and Geldings, again, it was Emma Stewart 1-2 with his two stars, uh, Beyond Delight and uh, Act Now finishing 1-2. It was a lot faster run race compared to ladies in red. They probably went just, just about a second and a half quicker, but uh, they really hit the line strongly, that pair, and uh, uh, they're going to be major players come that final in Sydney, where they will go up against Mighty Ronaldo. That time there was 53-3, 27-8, 26-6 on the way home. Beyond Delight beat Act now by four metres. Greg Sugars took the drive. It'll be interesting to see, Steve, if any of the racing Queensland and Albion Park officials um, reach out to Emma Stewart just to find out if any of that trio, Beyond the Light Act now, all ladies in red, uh, could be swayed in coming north for a shot at a race like the Rising Sun. So that's going to be very interesting to see if uh, if that stable, that all-conquering stable, uh, looks at Queensland in mm. July. Because you'd think so. You'd want to start to split them up a bit, Chris, wouldn't you? Well, um, given the prize money, Steve, people are sort of laughing at me, but the prize money's so good up here for this year, but uh, 
as far as the talent's concerned, oh, I think it's a little bit concerning. But like, uh, if you own Joanne, who, are they different ownership group? I mean, if you owned a filly yeah. like Joanne, would you want to keep running the ladies in red every time you go around? No um, way. No way. So, and, and that's what I mean. That race is worth really good prize money with a rising sun. Any one of that trio could be a real force and a real factor. So, it, it'd be interesting to see when they sort of start putting the pressure on now uh, the, the Racing Queensland and Albion Park officials. Like, as we know, there's only one horse that's now uh, accepted uh, for the Rising Sun. That's Better Vision, Bondi Lockdown. We had that news on Tuesday that he's not coming. So there's only one horse. They've got three other invites they can issue. You would assume uh, Leap to Fame is going to be a lock. What are they going to do about uh, Catch a Wave? Uh, are they looking at some of these Perth horses? Mighty Ronaldo, now that he's on the East Coast, do they try and persuade Connections to stay and head north? After the APG series, uh, are they looking at Wonderful to Fly? Is there something over in New Zealand? Beach Ball, who's a scratching from the Group 2 Southern Supremacy on Saturday, do they look at him? He was placed behind Akuda and Bollinger. Bollinger, do they offer a, an invite to that horse? He's the horse that runs second to Akuda in the Great Northern Derby. Things have got to start happening sooner rather than later because we're now basically in May. This race is going to be in the first weekend of uh, July. So time's ticking and uh, there's there's still a lot of horses mm -hmm. to be uh, filled as far as that rising sun field is concerned. Chris, I want to get your thoughts, Alexandra Park, these two big races tomorrow night. Sunday Sun, of course, Muscle Mountain Clash again here. They dominate the market, but Sunday Sun, obviously from the better draw, is $1.50 and Muscle Mountain is $3. And, and Bolt for Brilliance um, is $5. How do you see the trot? Well, I think Sunday Sun's the horse to beat. Uh, the fact that he lands that inside gate, it's going to be vastly different uh, style of, uh, of race this week compared to last week. Mobile start last week at the Mobile Trot again, but the fact that he's got the inside draw this week, Muscle Mountain draws out. So uh, it all points towards uh, Sunday Sun. Bold for brilliance on his home track for Tony Hurley. He, he's going to be competitive. There's no doubt about it. His record here is very, very good. But Sunday Sun, that's his race to lose. And the messenger... Last week, we had the mild race. We step out to 2,700. We've got the Auckland Cup coming up uh, next week, I think it is, for memory. So a lot of these horses are stepping out again. Spankham got the job done last week. Self-assured, keep in mind last week, he had the outside of the front row. He was the big winner this week. He draws barrier two. So uh, although beaten, he was terrific, and he's easily the horse to beat. So this race could be interesting as far as a Queensland Winter Carnival viewpoint because... They're talking about Spankham returning. Of course, uh, everything that could go wrong for him last year did go wrong. So his campaign was basically derailed after one start. So there's a chance that he could return. And South Coast Arden connections are starting to uh, make a few inquiries. So don't be shocked if we see South Coast Arden come across and tackle some of these open class features. So we'll wait and see. But that's a really important race, that one there. Uh, tomorrow night, the Messenger. And like I said, on Saturday afternoon, Steve, down in the deep south in Invercargill, they've got their big race day. Uh, they've got the uh, the Southern Supremacy for the Colts and Geldings. Robbed of interest with the scratching of Beach Ball. But the other feature race there is the uh, the Phillies feature, the, uh, the, the the Southern Oaks final. The favourite there is going to be RD's Express, but it's very unlikely that Stonewall start, who have got a huge operation in both the North and South Island, are going to be making their way across to uh, to Brisbane for the carnival. Uh, I know I've made a few inquiries, but it's very unlikely you'll see RD's Express, Matt Major, uh, Fernley Cash, who steps out on Friday night. They all sort of profile well for a number of features here, but it just doesn't look like there's any interest from Stonewall Stud for the Queensland mm. Carnival this year.